Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Graham Young. On the pod today, as football faces up to the threat of coronavirus, we look at the potential implications for Celtic and Scottish football at large. And ahead of Sunday's visit to Ibrooks, we ask how Neil Lennon will approach this latest derby. So, Graham, there's only one kind of word on everybody's lips at the moment. It's uh, it's affecting everything everywhere. It seems uh, coronavirus it seems to be an increasing impact on football. It's tightening its grip. We're seeing games being put behind closed doors, postponed entirely. I think the closest to home now is Manchester City's clash with Arsenal has been postponed. Um, I think, obviously, the, the most extreme example is what's happened over in Serie A. It's been a complete shutdown, and we're kind of seemingly sort of relatively disconnected from it just now, but although we've kind of, in the past couple of hours, it's the, the largest rise uh, yeah. in the number of positive cases that we've had here. Um, so it's the the threats of uh, you know action having to be taken. It is becoming more real now, isn't it? It's very real. That's the thing as well. I think we're in uncharted territory in terms of football and sport for an event like this. It's been and it's we talk about the modern world how it moves so quickly, but this is the prime example of that. Like every minute there's a fresh development, and I think last week with the task force with the SPFL and the SFA, they made it quite clear that things can move quickly and they are and as it stands right now the game at the weekend there'll be a bumper crowd there as it always mm-hmm. is for the game but it feels very very different and for a game of this magnitude I think just when Celtic take on Rangers it's the biggest moment in Scottish football but there is this it's kind of in the background almost to uh-huh. the bigger <laughs> picture and that's obviously Rangers have tied up with preparation uh, for Bayer Leverkusen but that fixture itself they know the return legs got to be played behind closed doors uh, for Celtic this is obviously a week if coronavirus wasn't dominating the news agenda it would be maybe getting to the perfect time just mm-hmm. quiet behind the scenes yeah, under the getting on with things but for Neil Wayne it'll be obviously something he'll have to manage as well yeah, um, the club have put out statements as well exactly yeah and the club are uh, obviously doing all they can to stay ahead of this but I think as we can see it's a rapidly developed, it's just a moment in time that I think none of us could really expect it. And I think for Neil Lennon, who is probably the perfect manager in this position, because he's the man who's been able to see it all as Celtic player, coach, manager mm-hmm. on two separate occasions. I don't think there's many things that will phase him. So I think his focus, obviously, players for the players as well, obviously, it'll be a, a welcome distraction for the, the rolling news and the constant coverage as well. Yeah. Maybe go out in the training pitch <laughs> and implement obviously what the managers try to do so it's a very unique situation but I think Celtic mm-hmm. as a club just with their constant the pressure of playing for Celtic eh, non-stop big matches throughout the season I think they're as, in as good a position as anyone to kind of deal with what's going on yeah. elsewhere and Obviously we'd be you know, kind of loath to offer you know any opinions on how, how this should be dealt with, what measures should be taken obviously we'll yep. leave that to the experts but what we can we can do obviously is look at how it is in football terms. It's being dealt with across the the rest yep. of Europe. Appointed to Serie A as the primary example. You know it's been suspended uh, for now, um, but they've obviously the Italian Football Federation are always are looking at kind of alternative measures. Yep. Um, if they can't restart, I think it's April the third that it's been yeah, postponed until present. Um, so I mean, what they've they're basically saying over there is. <laughs> 
the potential measures could be uh, they could just wipe wipe out the season altogether, um, just write it off, uh, or potentially they could just take this. The current standings uh-huh. is final, which I think would see Juventus crowned champions and that, that's got kind of implication that Celtic it's one of the tightest title races course, in Europe for a team like Lazio 20 years and, and Milan as well you know of the, course it's kind of all been but forgotten about uh, and then the other option was to hold playoffs to decide who wins the league who gets relegated and who goes down I think we told last week in the paper that in terms of Scottish football um, that there was no chance of the season being declared null and void yep. because obviously this is a potentially historic season Celtic uh-huh. going for nine in a row yep. and then ten the following year uh-huh. um, but you know again you could foresee problems if it got to the stage where they took they went down the route of you know the league just being stopped as it is the yeah, final standings and then I'm not really sure how playoffs would that be viable in Scottish football obviously we have the many of, factors that play. You know I think I mean, the one thing in our job in uh, the wider in Glasgow Scottish football is the tribalism aspect of it all. But I think the severity of this coronavirus and mm-hmm. what's coming, I think that I think there'll be a real understanding for maybe once that there's bigger things at play than just the the sport that we enjoy at the weekend from all aspects, either for our job or covering it. But there is going to be as you say, ramification. Look at Hearts. And the Hearts would make a, a decent argument. They're not playing rope but mm-hmm. they're, they would fancy their chances with the games remaining to pull themselves out of trouble, even though they're in a, a perilous position because of the recent results. They win over Rangers in the cup, and they win over Hearts. But for Celtic and Rangers, as it stands, Celtic are so Celtic are going to win the league. There's no doubt about that. As the remaining games are by far they're in such they're in a comfortable position, irrespective of what happens at Ibrooks on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So the idea of playoff to decide in this situation <laughs> would be um it would be I think the SPFL and SFA it'd be something they'd be loath to do. But yeah. Like anything they'll need to go through the right protocol, the proper channels to make sure the right decision. But this is again as we talk about not becoming a medical podcast more than a football <laughs> no. pod, but it's such a once in a lifetime scenario that we're now dealing with that mm-hmm. um I don't think anything can be off the table and I think this is a time for Cam, cam heads and mm-hmm. proper decisions and uh, and full disclosure for fans as well because this is we're never probably going to deal with anything like this again and I think supporters deserve who play so much into Scottish football um, as much information they possibly can get as things and it is rapidly developing yeah. so the the next few weeks are obviously going to be very very interesting to see what happens yeah I mean obviously you know as we understand it at the moment there's no plans in place to postpone fixtures or cancel anything yeah. at the moment but, but we're that's, just that's it's said, just, that's what every country uh, said until uh-huh. they've had to cancel fixtures so. yeah and it's, it's just the way you keep coming back to it it's such a dynamic and kind of volatile situation yeah. that it's just rapidly it's not even day by day it seems uh-huh. it's kind of hour by hour at the moment yeah, and i think supersedes the, the stuff that gets people hot and bothered on a mm-hmm. daily basis in terms of a celtic player out of form or a rangers yeah. player or whatever whatever the issue these these they're quickly becoming a material and but at the same time as well, Scottish football is a life to everyone and Celtic mm-hmm. for Celtic supporters, Celtic means everything to them. So yeah. they're obviously going to be f- absolutely locked in to see the kind of developments that are happening. Obviously, the worry there as well is for clubs and finance and obviously the the task force update yesterday about insurance policy. These things will obviously yeah. be 
ringing in supporters here as clubs as well over the next few weeks. Yeah, and I feel like Celtic are kind of one of the kind of only clubs in the country who'd be yes. kind of financially insulated from yeah. from this kind of thing. And I suppose as well, it's just worth pointing out. Like I think we're kind of we're in the fact that we're still able. You know, we're sitting discussing, still sitting discussing football. We're in a kind of relatively privileged position still in yes. Scotland compared to how things are developing elsewhere. You know, we don't want to you know make it come across as though you know we're just ignoring kind of you know you know the kind of thousands of people who have died in china and the kind of situation developing in italy but it is only natural i suppose while kind of everyday life is still going on here people will still kind of get concerned and look towards what's happening with everyday things and of course football is a, a massive part of that um so i suppose it's just one of those things we need to kind of sit tight and see how it develops uh-huh. but obviously assuming that we do get a game of football yeah. at Ibrox on Sunday. You know, you touched on it sort of briefly there that, you know, Celtic have had a full week of preparations yeah. for this, this is game, pretty, which is, it's a, which is it's, a unique situation yeah, in it's, itself, isn't it? Going back a long, long time, you can always think Martin O'Neill's teams, uh, big games at Ibrox especially, it was always off the back of European games, so it's always around that, it always ties in quite nicely, but mm-hmm. Celtic were obviously shocked by Copenhagen at Parkhead a fortnight ago. Um, and I think for them, this is... Different Neil Lennon for all his qualities that we spoke at length in this podcast. I think maybe the one gripe at times maybe like people have done him the tinker man like Claudio Ranieri. There maybe could be an argument that maybe he's got too much time to think this week in terms of formations and style. I think he's the three five two that he implemented after the winter break has worked a treat domestically. And a player like Lee Griffiths, who for a long time uh, took some time away for the game, uh, appears to be the player that Scottish fans in general, Celtic fans in particular, obviously have loved and his ability to score goals and he brings a, a, a ruthless streak to the, the front line, as good as Odds Edward is. He's got a kind of shooting sight policy and when both him and Tom Rogic previously, mm-hmm. that's a different aspect to the way Celtic play. So he, Griffiths has made abundantly clear that he's, he's desperate for a start, a place that he loves playing. Uh, so that'll be... the uh, top and he wins the agenda deciding whether to give Griffiths a start but he's got a lot of decisions and Cham who's missed a few games recently he's a player that is actually he's been able to win Lennon over after his uh, comments last summer about looking for the exit door he's been, become a quite integral part and he's been very good in this fixture in recent years Ryan Christie's a player not been starting every single game but he's a key man then you start getting into Frimpong who was excellent coming off the bench against Livingston could he play in the three five two Forrest you know, he's not put so there's this. You can see why John Kennedy and you know, <laughs> just as well, they've got a week to go through all exactly, these questions. That's, that's the thing, yeah. as well. And it feels Neil Lennon throughout his management career, he's, he's it's because he was everyone always thinks Martin O'Neill, and that's that was his mentor. But Gordon Strachan was more of the manager, the Celtic manager, who believed in adapting his side to take on Rangers for certain games, whether it be at neutral venue, away at Ibrooks. He'd like to maybe change things up and put a little a wild card in there and that's mm-hmm. something that's been a, new, a hallmark in Neil Lennon's management and I remember he played four in the midfield uh, like Ki Sung Young Ledley uh, Kyle and Brown it was a f- four central midfielders across and that was a game they went down to ten men and they were um, excellent um, that day and their ability to get a result Scott Brown obviously scored that day it was all about passing able to keep the ball the game there in September he was at press Rangers really high up the pitch at work, but he's coming off the back, irrespective of Celtic's brilliant run domestic this season, the last two games against Rangers. 
Uh, it's Team Gerrard's side have been far and away the better team. Celtic won the Betfred Cup final. Uh, more by it's Fraser Foster's brilliance. And then the game before the winter shut down, Rangers at their best. And it's easy to forget that because the run they've been on, it's been quite a dreary run of performances. But they've got something that can unsettle Celtic, press Celtic high, force them into turn over the ball. And Rangers are very good in the counter-attack. Mm-hmm. That's something Celtic need to be mindful of. Obviously, they got 13 points. Rangers have got the game in hand. But there's a feeling, sometimes it's about narrative and momentum and there's maybe a sense that Celtic feel this is their chance to kind of really lay down a marker. They are the best team in Scotland, there's no doubt about that. Ten consecutive trophies, they're on the hunt for a quadruple treble. But actually in one-to-one matches against Rangers, I think they're due a performance really. Mm-hmm. Kinda, so that will be into when and thinking who are the players that will be able to produce that type of performance. Scott Brown, you'd imagine, is a guarant- oh, he has a guaranteed starter. <laughs> Cal McGregor, of course, as well, uh-huh. play. So there is many options, but there's not that many places as well. And you're looking at Edwards, you're looking at three or four, three, four, five players fighting out for two to three positions in the forward area. So it'll be absolutely fascinating. But yeah. I think most Celtic fans, that if you speak to them and maybe the guys ourselves and, and on the desk here were looking at, I think, 3 5 2 for once. Maybe Neil Lennon's biggest surprise this weekend will be there'll be no surprise at all. Mm-hmm. And he'll play the team that's been um, causing everybody problems domestically. And the 3 5 2. The 3 5 2, I think so. It just was it, it works. Mm-hmm. It suits out at that extra uh, central defender, which has been. Simunovic at times or Beto and Celtic like Oizaya to become spare man that's his strength really sometimes I for always quite kind of a moment a couple of moments where lapses in concentration where if he's been asked to be the one the aggressive one pressing pushing on to maybe Morelos or Kimberi and then being able to take the ball out that could be pivotal in the game it could be really mm-hmm. important Do you think I mean I'm not saying that this was the the thinking entirely but do you think that three five two was worked on with with these games in mind, at least to an extent, considering uh-huh. how the other ones has gone. Yes, I think that's a good that's a good point. Uh, because I, I do remember before, sorry, before they went, or when they were in Dubai, it was either Lennon or John Kennedy said they'd taken some things from that game that they obviously wanted to work on, and then yeah. came back with this. So I'm not saying it was entirely uh-huh. that, but no, I, I think that makes a key. Uh, that's a, a fair point, and also Neil Lennon in his playing days, the most successful part of Martin Neil's Rain was uh, in a three-five-two as well, but it needs to work with certain players. Mm-hmm. And Griffiths is really important in that. He's the man who he's playing up top, but he's also able his ability to kind of play in the last man. It brings out the absolute best nods in Edward, who is very much the, be careful with comparisons. But the Henry Larson of the team, the guy who's some of Larson's best moments used to be when he drift out wide. Something Edward specialises in. It actually allows Edward to do everything well which he obviously does, he's mm-hmm. able to score goals, be on the last man, but also drop into pockets of space, just give Celtic extra options, and that's probably the, the, the biggest strength of this formation. It allows our best player to play at his absolute peak and in his most comfortable position. He's able to do what they assist the other night against Livingston for Rogic, that was, happened after he was able to peel him away down the left-hand side, something that he loves doing. But if he was only playing as a number nine in a 4-3-3, that obviously there's less space out there. He's asked to be in the box constantly. I just think that combination of Griffiths and Edward that might not be for the long term. Obviously, be great interest in Edward come the summer. But Celtic over this run as a close in in nine in a row, been able to for even three months, six months here, been able to get something out of a combination. You go back to Boyat and Simonovic in the Brendan Rodgers first season. 
Boyata was out the picture second half of the season the two of them forged a brilliant partnership because Celtic's strength and depth mm-hmm. they're able to find these little combinations that work really well and I th- think they owe it to themselves to test that against Rangers it would be I, th- I think it might be a mistake to go back to that 4 3 obviously that's proven successful as well but Griffiths and Edward are shown enough domestically mm-hmm. and Rangers are hardly in the kind of form they were in before Christmas I think it's the kind of combination that could cause guys like Golds and Edmonds and whoever's in the back line real problems Yeah and I think with Lee Griffiths was such a point to prove as well is it arguably one of those you know times where you just find a way to get him in to get him in the team Yeah I think that's a just the way he's been t- he's been speaking about the game. Yeah, of course it is. And that's what he's all about. He's been working with a purpose as well. He's been scoring goals, he's looking dangerous. But it needs a payoff as well. You know, you need to have that performance. I think he's all his efforts so far deserve a starting berth at Ibrooks and um as a place he spoke before about playing well and he is dangerous there. There's he scored a couple of really important goals under Brendan Rogers, Moussa Dembele was injured. Um and he does like he's that kind of player that he's perfect for the away game against your rivals really as well. There is times where you're up against it, but he's always on that last man, making those darting runs as well. Rangers might be pressing high. Gives them a different problem. The faced Edward is the number nine in his own enough times. I think this is he deserves it. He's played really well. His comeback's been very impressive. He looked so good at the start of the season as well and then he suffered a couple of injury setbacks and had to work his way back to fitness. He was just minutes here and there, but after after um, Christmas, it's been really top top stuff from him as well, and he's got that finishing ability as well. That's the thing as well. Sometimes there's less chances in games like this, and he's able to swivel quickly and find the back. Some of his finishes against St. Murna were really top class. A player high in confidence, mm-hmm. and I think Lennon. This is maybe Lennon's ultimate ability. He knows when to press the right buttons and when to make the right call, and. I think he's got a player primed for a big game. You'd be surprised if Griffith starts and doesn't perform well. It just yeah. appears it's a perfect storm. And <laughs> he's ready Definitely. to go and call it. I respect if there's an empty stadium or a full stadium, he'll be really up for this game. Yeah, and as well, just to maybe just to touch on Rangers a wee bit of. I mean, it's been a bit. You know, this all seems a bit subdued over at Ibrox at the moment. They've got this massive Europa League game coming up again. Yeah. With everything that's going on off the pitch with the coronavirus and the mm-hmm. the game being played behind closed doors, but I think just their their kind of current predicament, the, even the build up to that game for Rangers has seemed a wee bit subdued yeah. as it is for this one as well. But I mean, do you think Rangers will perhaps prioritise the European game over this? Because I remember, was it the first derby of the season? Was it they played Liga of Warsaw? Yep. In, in the qualifier, and they just they kind of looked. I know Celtic played really well at Ibrox that day, but I think as well Rangers looked pretty off it as yeah. well. I mean, is there a kind of, I mean, as you said that you know the league barring a, an incredible turnaround? Well, that was it's all over. But as much as Morelos hasn't scored in these games, he didn't start. They've gone for the four that day. They really did miss that kind of hustle and bustle up top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a fair point. But I think Gerard's in a position now where. Every game matters. I think it's the way. That's two. I was at Ibrox last season when Aberdeen put them out of the Scottish Cup, and there's a real um, lull, <laughs> to put it mildly, in terms of Gerard's post-match comment. You could feel his disappointment. And that's a second season, almost certainly without any kind of silverware. I think he needs every win mm-hmm. going. I think that's the Ross County. It was an absolute slog at the weekend. So the Europa League last sixteen, they're 
efforts they couldn't in this season they deserve. Uh, their plays, Leverkusen are no more, they've got proper quality operators up top, but if they were able to get a, a positive result, it'd be, I think, remiss of them to kind of down tools or to protect them for the return leg, because it can yeah. easily go, if they, say they were able to win 2-1 against Leverkusen and play really well, it, I don't think it makes much, I think they just need to play these, these three games for Rangers are massive, are massive. of course they are, they could come out with ma- reaching the last, um, or making it to the quarterfinals of the Europa League and beating Celtic, mm-hmm. it would give Gerard more, more evidence, because there is there obviously is a, a bit of breathing space. Of course, probably, it would. Yeah. Have, and I don't think he can. He's in that position. It'd be totally different if they'd won the Betfred Cup, and but then it wouldn't be because they'd be going for the title. There's always that pressure. <laughs> <It's like laughs> football it doesn't go away, does it? No, exactly. So the idea that they're off the pace and the title means they can rest up, I think, would be. Um, a bit foolish in Rangers yeah. and I don't think they will do that I don't think the fans certainly over I don't think fans on either side would accept oh, that no. if the shoe was on the other foot yeah. um, so I mean do you see it, despite you know Rangers kind of struggles recently in Celtic mm-hmm. hitting top gear do you still expect a kind of tight encounter yes <laughs> <laughs> and a lot. Pretty, uh, because there's a there's a pressure on Celtic like or oh, should be Rangers have been off the pace it'll be yeah. easy win well there's enough how many games? Is it? All the games in the last couple of years have been so close. Have been really good games to watch as well. And Gerard, I know he'll if it comes for the, comes back next season, they'll have to have a, a massive rethink how to take on teams like Aberdeen, Kilmarnock, yeah. Hearts, Hibs. There's real improvements to be made there. But games in Europe and games against Celtic, his style. I don't know if it comes from his own playing days and experience of big matches or. Michael Beale, who gets a good name for his coaching chops, and does he have the kind of game plan to implement against these bigger teams? But Rangers do thrive when they're playing teams of quality, either teams maybe even better than them or mm-hmm. round about their standing. So Celtic, I would be surprised if that all suddenly disappeared. Um, and that comes from ability to kind of press high and close teams down. But at the same time, the one criticism of Rangers in recent weeks has been they've been off the pace. And if they're off the pace, Celtic have, I think, guys like Christy Griffiths. Mm-hmm. I don't, if players aren't right in their face and they're able to turn and get a shot off, it can be so dangerous. And you can imagine if Celtic did go back to that game and Rodgers uh, gave Pedro Kixinia less in the 5-1 game. <laughs> uh, Rangers were so passive that day. And if Celtic are on form and are right up for it, which everyone's expecting them to be, mm-hmm. the one thing Rangers, irrespective of t- tactics, go out the window. If you're not fighting for every single ball, and I know that's a cliche in football, but it's it's true in Celtic Rangers games. Mm-hmm. You have to be committed to everything. And if that isn't the case, Celtic will be they've got more than enough quality in the pitch to kind of put them down. But Rangers, I could see a guy like Jordan Jones who came off the bench there at the weekend. He's much maligned. He's a, a nightmare season in terms of like, a lot of clubs interested in January. But he's a decent opener. He might be, the, as you were saying, they might not um, completely change the team but a guy like Jordan Jones coming in maybe st- ahead of Ryan Kennedy if he's a big performance or mm-hmm. something like that you could see there's enough players on the fringes maybe ready to do something that could cause Celtic issues but I think you've got to make Celtic the favourites as well though. they're really this unique chance of having a whole week to prepare for a game of this magnitude um, I, I would be surprised if they weren't at their absolute peak on Sunday afternoon well we shall see in a few days time that's all from us today uh, but you can join us again next midweek to talk all things Celtic thanks to Graham for joining me uh, remember to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can also rate us on there as well thanks for listening thanks for listening